on Los Angeles. What's up, Ramley? Welcome into the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network, live and in person at the what do you what do you call the dojo here? <laughs> the dojo. I like it. It's, that's now what we call it. <laughs> okay. The, the Skinny Dojo or the do. Uh, Dojo to skinny. <laughs> Do, Dojo to skinny. Sure. I like that. So my man ran Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. I'm Ryan Dyard coming at you live here talking all things Rams football as our Los Angeles Rams travel to the great state of Wisconsin to take on the Green Bay Packers, which has been a destination that the Rams have struggled at. We'll see if that's the case. Uh, last I checked, it's fairly decent weather, all things considering. 45 degrees, so yeah. not bad at all. Nice balmy 45. And, you know, the, the Packers are a struggling team coming in with only two wins, Rams with three. We're going to get all into it. But first, my friend, happy to be here with you in person. It's been a little while. How are we doing? Oh, doing pretty good, man. Yeah, it's uh, great to have you over. Get you. Uh, we live uh, mere miles from one another. Mm-hmm. A short train trip, even. Um, so I took. It's uh, it's it's nice to get together, though. We don't do it enough, even though we see each other twice a week. Yeah. Well, I love it. Whenever we get together in person, we always are are big supporters of L.A. public transit and taking the train. So it was a nice hop on, hop on the metro, pop off, and walk right over here. It's yeah. a, it's a warm one today. It sure is, yeah. Beautiful day uh, in Highland Park, uh, Pasadena as well, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was out walking the dog, and it was just a, a perfect, beautiful day, and everybody that I came across was in a really good mood today. Really? Yeah. Uh, That's saying something for LA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, they must be uh, hopeful of this Rams season turning things around. First, before we get into the game, and um, just want to talk quickly, because we haven't talked about the trade deadline. I know we, we yeah. discussed it at length in our past episode about whether they make a move for quarterback what the severity of Matthew Stafford's injury is still day-to-day last press conference of McVay's um said he doesn't need to go on IR so I think that's why there was no really move made other than signing dresser win to the practice squad I guess I know a lot of people are hyped about that um but there's a small chance that Stafford actually goes this weekend in Green Bay. I think that's probably unlikely, but at the same time, with the buy after that, I think he does. He's a tough guy. I think he might give it a go. But first, before we even talk to Stafford, just your thoughts on the Rams not really making any moves at the deadline. Well, you look at the Chase Young deal that was made. Third round pick, Chase Young goes to San Francisco uh, to an already uh, scary defensive front up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you, you got to wonder, um, specifically at Ed Rusher, why aren't they uh, trying to address that at all? Um, especially if they were, if if um, Washington was just looking for a third rounder, definitely something they could have afforded. Uh, but they just aren't in the market uh, for that. Obviously, this season, you know, Chase Young's on the last year of his deal, so he's gonna, about to get really expensive. But they're going to end up paying somebody to play that position at some mm-hmm. point. Um, that you know, I think that's probably the only miss that I would say that was out there. Um, you know, I don't think they needed to add any more offensive weapons. You know, there wasn't a lot of uh, uh, talk of offensive line movement. That's something that they mm-hmm. maybe could have gone after. But, yeah, I, that's that's the only uh, puzzler to me. And it's just something that I've been on forever. As you know, I, yeah. I've written several articles about <laughs> going. You know, I even considered a, a Matthew Stafford for Max Crosby trade at one point, which uh, that didn't happen. Uh, may, may, <clears throat> Got a lot of love for that one too. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> That's when you just turn away from the comment yes, section. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's 
it's one of those where Rams fans are probably more frustrated because he goes to San Francisco and you're like, oh, great, now we got to face Sam. And it was only a third-round pick. Um, but I think when you look at – and I would have done it. I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it. A third-round pick for Chase Young, and you're going to be paying someone eventually, whether they decided to do this offseason or not. But yeah. I think when you look at what this offseason was – I don't think there should have been any expectation. I'm not saying you did this, but there should have been really an expectation that the Rams were going to make any big moves. I think they made that very clear in the offseason with this remodel. They were going to shed a ton of cap, go into the season with who they had, fight like hell, battle their butts off, and get back the culture of what this Rams organization was about and what McVay has built and then go into the offseason, then go guns blazing. And, you know, I think I'm you never want to plan on the what-ifs. But I, I could see a scenario where they're sitting back and saying, you know what, yeah, we could be guaranteed to get Chase Young with a third-round pick or whatever the negotiations were going on, and then we have to re-sign him. We're going to pay a lot. Or we don't trade any draft capital, and we just go all in on getting Brian Burns as a free agent this offseason. And, you know, he's going to be a free agent. I know that he's been linked a lot to the Rams, and there's been a lot of like, oh, do we trade for him? And maybe they just said, you know what, whether they've had conversations with his agent or not, they say, let's not trade any draft capital. We don't think Chase Young gives us a big enough chance to win a Super Bowl this year. Like, yeah, he makes you better, but is it is it that much yeah. of an upgrade where you're now a Super Bowl team? When they traded for Von Miller, that was like the missing piece to go win a Super Bowl. Was Chase Young going to win the Rams Super Bowl this year? Probably not. So maybe they're saying, let's hold Pat and we'll go in on a free agent in the offseason, whether that's Brian Burns, whether that's some other uh, guy out there. And then, and then Daniel Hunter, there. another name that's been linked to the Rams. He's going to be a free agent, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. 2024 as well so it's you know it's not the end of end of the world but with that with that uh trade out there it's just like just another one that slips through the fingers i guess is uh is, was my perspective but you're absolutely right they, they've been nothing but uh, clear about their view of 2023 just being whatever 2023 is going to be and <laughs> And, and and we're seeing what 2023 is looking like <laughs> yeah that we are you know i tweeted uh i tweeted this and it was it was well noted that the Niners were in the market for Matthew Stafford during that that trade negotiation and obviously everything that went down in Cabo and the Rams get him go in the Super Bowl and ever since the Niners kind of missed out on Stafford they've been really swinging for the fences at every other you know high end trade asset you look at going to get Chris McCaffrey you look at the signings that they've done in in the off season and also even just in season bringing in Randy Gregory and others. And, and then now with the Chase Young. And this is the last thing we see about the Niners, and then we'll obviously move on. But it's funny to me. I don't know if funny is the right word, but the Niners, since doing that to me, and this is why I think they – I'm not saying it was a bad trade. Obviously, you get a caliber of a, a Chase Young who's a phenomenal player. But what's interesting is they've – with these big moves, it's like they, they continue to fortify positions they're already really good at. Yep. And, and kind of ignore positions they actually need to improve. Like even Christian McCaffrey is far and away, I think, one of the best running backs in the game. So he definitely makes them better. But the running back position, Kyle Shanahan has proven he gets unbelievable production out of no-name guys and gets those guys big contracts later. So it was like, why trade three draft picks for a player when you can get similar production, maybe not the exact same, and then you look at the defensive line, they've been a top defensive line unit in football for a number of years, specifically this year. And then now you go get Chase Young, which makes you better. But in reality, like only four guys play. And so you're going to, yeah. your rotation's great, but 
yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, and they've got Randy Gregory uh, and uh, uh, Javon Hargrave now on the defensive line. They've invested a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and that, and now even more assets towards that. But it's like having a, a Ferrari with like the nicest pair of racing tires, and then you want that spare tire to also be a nice racing tire. It's a nice to have. Does it help you in the in the right now? I mean, we'll see. We will, yeah. Um, but uh, Packers, let's move on. Yes. <laughs> Packers. Before we move on to the Packers, I've got to tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Um, I've won some good money this weekend, finally. Got no back kidding. on the winning side. So they got a fun pick em game. You go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app uh, on the App Store or Google Play. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB. That's all one word. RAMS, R-A-M-S-L-A-F-B. They're going to match your deposit up to $500. So if you're first time making an account, deposit 500 bucks, you get 500 free dollars to play with. Minimum is 10 bucks. You can put 10 in, you get 10, you're, you're sitting at 20. Um, how it works, you pick two to five players across any sporting event, and all you're doing is playing against the line that underdog creates. So um, for instance, if it's a, a football line, if it's, let's say, Matthew Stafford, maybe they set the line at 1.5 touchdowns. You choose over that or under that and make two to five player picks you can win up to 20 times your money you can actually win more than that i i did some bets last night they were up to 100 times wow i, I was betting I was, excuse me i bet i was uh putting in one dollar with the opportunity to win a hundred dollars on a one dollar bet for five different player pickums. so a lot of fun underdog fantasy use our promo code rams lafb all one word rams lafb for that match deposit tell them the guys of the ram skinny sent you all yes right. sir lots of fun sports out there right now Basketball's in full swing. Baseball just ended last night. Yeah. I've learned that... Hockey's going. Obviously, my knowledge base of football is the highest, but for whatever reason, when it comes to these pick'ems, I'm much better at basketball. I don't know if it's just because it's... I think because NBA players, it's you're going to get more consistency of what you get out of them. And and football and hockey is real hard because it's like you're picking goals and assists which are very hard to come by whereas basketball is like all right is lebron going to score 17 points like "Mm, that's probably pretty likely there's there's a story in probability um about that and how hard it is actually it's been studied that that hockey is the hardest because there's so much variance and there's so few chances shots on goal and all that um we can get nerdy about numbers another time though (laughs) (laughs) well that's why i started doing my pickums for hockey started just being shots because i was like goals and assists are too hard like it's just so hard to predict so i'm like i'm gonna do shots but even shots, like a top player, let's say Nathan McKinnon, and this is the last thing I'll say for the Avalanche, his shot total is usually set around five or six. You figure a game might have 25 shots. One player getting five shots is an inordinate amount of shots. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough game. So, NBA, but football obviously is the fun one, and we've got a Thursday night game tonight that I'm sure I'll go to underdog fantasy for and play with. So, look at this Packers team. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, their GM uh, came out and basically said he's unsure if Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. <laughs> Ironic enough, when you move on from one of the greatest of all times and put all your faith in this young kid, and after half a season, you're unsure if that's the direction you want to go. But for the this, all intents and purposes, in this week, the Rams will face Jordan Love. What's your thoughts on this Packer team, and how winnable of a game is this for the Rams? Uh, you know, Stafford's injury changes everything everything i think this is a 100 percent winnable game if he was playing if he had a, a functioning finger on his uh, throwing hand definitely a winnable game but with um brett rippon in there um you know it becomes a a, 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 a coin toss um and even vegas is kind of saying the similar thing of um you know we're looking at a three three point um uh 
Green Bay Packers. Um, uh, I'm losing the word that I'm trying to think of. Three and a half point favorite. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, uh, which is, you know, when you're playing, when you've got home field advantage of, uh, you know, you're um, basically gifted three points for being at home. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's really a pick em and neither, neither of these offenses are really moving the ball efficiently, especially with, uh, um, Brett Rippon in there. It's, you know, it, this game is going to be super close and it's going to come down to, again, you know, turnovers, who's, you know, hitting the field goals, um, you know, which, which defense is, is winning at the line of scrimmage, that sort of thing. Um, I don't, I don't imagine this is going to be a, a high flying match at all or anything Shouldn't like that. Be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is something that went real off the rails. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to cut you off, but you know, this is a game, if it's Brett Rippon to go, and Matthew Stafford has to sit out and then uses the bye to get healthy to come back. What we don't want to see, which shouldn't, I mean, common sense would tell you not, is Brett Ripon throwing the ball 40-plus times. I mean, this right. needs to be a run-the-football type of day. Um, probably should anyway, even if Stafford does play because he's nursing that injury. It's like, okay, at least you have Stafford at your disposal to maybe keep the defense honest because they're not going to know exactly how injured he is. But you don't want him with that injured thumb slinging it a ton of times. So regardless of who plays quarterback, have to commit to the run. It's not like a broken record. We say it every time, but now more than ever. And Roy Streeman, you know, showed some good glimpses of efficiency last week against the Cowboys. Um, and you have that change of pace with Daryl Henderson. So they have, yeah, we're seeing it. it the loss of Kyron Williams is definitely have, has been pretty important, but we've seen some solid play out of these two backs that they brought in last minute. And against this Packers offense that, you know, I don't think is going to be able to do a whole lot, even with what we saw from the Rams defense last week. You know, if you just commit to the run and, and control the clock and, and like you said, not commit turnovers, this is still a very winnable game, no matter who's under center. Yeah, and I think it really is going to come down to the running game on both sides. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Jones is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played last week, didn't didn't light the world on mm-hmm. fire at all. Uh, AJ Dillon's still in there, but I think those are uh, the keys to this game. Are those those two backs? If they're if the Green Bay Packers commit to using them uh, in both phases in, in running and in the passing game. Um, that could be the uh, the nail in the coffin for the Rams if they get those two guys going. But similarly to uh, McVay, Lafleur, um, he's not running the ball a lot so far this year. Uh, some of the lowest uh, uh, rushes per game uh, throughout the entire league, um, just uh, uh, twenty three rushes per game, and that that includes Jordan Love, who's who's definitely capable of uh, mm-hmm. operating outside of the pocket. Um, so, you know. It'll be interesting to see if McVeigh or Lafleur, you know, which one will break the tendencies. Who's going to deviate? Who's going to deviate and who's going to, you know, run the ball? And they have the Green Bay Packers just have a higher upside than the Rams do uh, with those two backs. Yeah. As as good as uh, Freeman and, and Henderson can be, those guys are just a, a level above. So I think that could be that could be a deciding factor in this game. Yeah, when things are humming, I mean, AJ um, AJ Dillon's very good, but um. Um, oh geez, now I'm Aaron Jones. To, Aaron Jones, thank you. Uh, AJ, Aaron Jones, uh, is one of I think one of the top backs in the game, um, and he just hasn't. I don't know if he just isn't fully back to health or whatever it may be, or just the play calling, or just the, the lack of efficiency from the quarterback position has bottled him up a bit. But it's still something you got to account for on this defense, and I think that's that's probably the biggest thing when you look at key matchups in this game. Skinny is 
how are they able to bottle up that run game? Because there's really nothing Jordan Love does with his arm. I agree he can use his legs, which is what that goes into that run game. But there's nothing with his arm with how porous this secondary has looked at times, specifically last week against the Cowboys. I don't feel, I guess, as nervous going against this aerial attack that the Packers have because Jordan Love hasn't looked great. They don't have like a true, in my opinion, number one receiver. Um, they've got some good talented guys. Christian Watson, I think, it shows a lot of uh, flash and obviously can burn you over the top and they have some other talent, but there's not like that guy. It's like, okay, this is the guy that can just absolutely take over a game and get 10 catches and, and just burn you every time, which they've had that pretty much every game up until now. This is the first game, I'm trying to think back, probably the first game period where they haven't faced a true number one receiver. Yeah, that's um, a good point. And so really it's going to come down to what that front looks like and we need a big Ernest Jones game at, at the linebacker position. I, I you know, 12 plus tackles out of him because if they can bottle up that run, then this is a game that's we keep saying it very winnable. Yeah, and the the run defense and and specifically the the defensive line for the the Rams has been shockingly good this year. It was one of those things mm-hmm. coming into the year, very unsure who was going to kind of you know play those opposite positions from Aaron Donald and, and Kobe Turner has done a fantastic job. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got a, a nice rotation that seems to just be holding down every running, rushing attack um, that they faced. Um, so if they can continue to do that, um, I, I, it remains a winnable game. The question is, is where, where are the points coming from um, on the Rams side of things? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to make Jordan Love, uh, you know, uh, beat you with his arm, you know, can the Packers make... Uh, you know, whoever's whoever the quarterback is yeah. going to be, Brett Rippon, probably that's who I'm guessing is going to be in there. You know, that that's not a situation you really want to be in. Yeah, and the, you know, Green Bay's defense, um, you know, they have they they have a a functioning defensive line as well. <laughs> you know, yes, they do. They, you know, they're not top of the league in pressures or anything like that. But this team blitzes a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the highest, I think, third highest rate in the league. Uh, blitzers and that has proved to be a very difficult thing especially with a, a banged up offensive line um, for you know I uh, Rob Havenstein still injured um, still um, on the injury list so we'll see what happens with um, uh, with that heading into the into the game but uh, you know that kind of that kind of blitzing thing can uh, can prove to be to be rough for uh, this uh, Rams team. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, tons of talent on that defensive line, as you alluded to, with, you know, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, um, and others. And, you know, a, a knowable foe in Joe Barry runs that defense, formerly of the Rams, you know, coaching the linebackers out here. So um, I'm sure they'll get some looks maybe that they either recognize or, or Joe Barry will recognize some of the offensive looks as he's calling that defense. So let's, let's kind of we'll wrap up a little bit with this. So let's assume the Brett Rippins under center. Give me a name or two on offense that maybe isn't the obvious one. Like obviously Cooper cup, we want to see have a good game or whatever, but, and give me a name though, who you think needs to have a really solid performance for this Rams offense to put up, you know, let's say they need 17 points to win this game. Yeah. I think it's gotta be a Tyler Higby kind of a game. Um, you know, a sure handed tight end picking up, you know, first downs, moving the chains. I say it all the time with him, and he's been kind of 
off and on this year. Mm-hmm. He's had good games. He's had bad games. He's had he's dropped catchable balls. Uh, he hasn't been you know he's never he's never a, a focal point of the offense. But I think especially in this situation where you've got a backup quarterback, somebody that's just gonna um, be consistent, um, that can move the ball, uh, catch it, and you know just nice easy short passes. You know, six, seven-yard passes, something like that. It's going to make a huge difference uh, if Brett Ruppin is in there. Yeah, I feel like we haven't truly seen a big Tyler Higby game yet. Like, he's been involved here and there. He's had, you know, uh, some decent stat lines, but there hasn't been, like, that six, seven, eight catch game yet from Tyler Higby, and this is absolutely the time to do that. You know, you're a young quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback or a backup quarterback's best friend is a running game and a tight end. I mean, that's really what you want to get involved going uh, to take the pressure off Brett Ripping because, you know, Brett Ripping's been in this league. He's not a rookie. He's been in this league quite some time. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been backup for the Broncos. He's now been in this in this meeting rooms and with this organization since the offseason. So it's not like you're throwing a rookie to the wolves. You just need to give him the proper tools to have a methodical game and game manage, if you will, to do that. So if you're on radio, on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back at the uh, bottom of the hour with Chargers Talk. Uh, But a quick break on radio. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. For me now, and I agree, Tyler Higbee, I think, is a huge uh, importance for this game. And this, this, I I don't want to say this is a lesser-known name, but like Puka Nakua. How are we going to see him back involved in this one? And and obviously, I talked about the running game is going to be most important, but I want to just keep, you know, be lingering that point to our <laughs> listeners so they know where I stand on that but Bukunakua has I, I definitely want to say disappear but he's you know since Cups come back and even Cup to an extent since his first game back they've both kind of fallen off in terms of production and so how is Sean McVay going to get Bukunakua back involved to the level that we saw earlier whether they use him in different assets use him in different uh, personnel groupings because that's again how you keep this defense honest is if you're able to spread the ball around in different ways and I we keep asking for Tutu Atwell to get more touches. I don't think this is going to be the game he gets that because of who's going to be playing quarterback, whether it's an injured Stafford or a Brett Rippon. I don't think we should all of a sudden expect a, a six-catch day from Tutu Atwell. Um, but Puka Nakua has been around these quarterbacks early on in camp, got a lot of reps with Brett Rippon, obviously, because he wasn't the, the Puka Nakua that he is today. So there's some familiarity there. So how is Puka going to play and how involved is he going to be? And doesn't have to be deep stuff. Short, intermediate routes, Take the pressure off the offensive line. Get the ball out quick is the recipe for success. Also on the uh, injury report, Pukunakua limited practice yesterday with a knee injury. Another dinged up uh, player there. Yep. Um, but I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll play. I don't know. He, you know he's tough. He's a hockey player, as they used to say on uh, Sports That's right. Center. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know, and it, it comes down to Sean McVay. Um, I think that he's called some weird games. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's an identity thing. I don't. I, it, he. You know, nobody really knows exactly what this team is, uh, but I feel like Sean McVay should have a better idea of what he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know he's got two fantastic uh, wide receivers, and we just haven't seen um, several games where they're both being utilized, both making big plays. Um, you know, both being consistent uh, wide receivers. So <clears throat> I think it's just a matter of 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 kind of finding those reps that uh, will challenge, uh, especially the secondary, to cover both of them. Uh, who are you going to focus on? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's going to be Cooper Cup, but you know, you know, what are those routes that um, are going to unlock Puka Nakua that we saw early, early on 
in those first few weeks that Cooper Cup wasn't involved. And it seems like they should go hand in hand. They should work in tandem. Yeah. It's complementary football between the two. Um, but I can't really think of a, an example of uh, two receivers like this on the same team that have been utilized in a, in a uh, fantastic way. I don't know if you can think of something of the, from the recent past, two receivers that kind of, uh, you know, work ta- in, in tandem like that. I don't, know, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. I'm sure there has been, but. Well, it's, it's, it's a great point because it's rare when you see two really complimentary players get utilized to the best of their ability. I think one example we can look right across LA in the same stadium with the Chargers. When yeah. healthy, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are um, definitely two of the top, and they get used, you know, very well. Now the difference with them is they're very different style of receivers. Keenan Allen being your kind of slot route tactician, and Mike Williams is your big body go up and get it deep ball guy. Whereas Pukunaku and Cooper Cup are very similar in everything they do, and in a way, Cooper Cup obviously has a little more speed and stuff like that, but they both play similarly. Um, you know, the other example off top of my head, I, I think we've seen some good stuff over in Philly with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, able to use them kind of differently in different, aspects, different receivers, different receivers. Yeah. So it's hard to find, you can go back to Mike Evans and, um, uh, what's his name down in Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of that when I couldn't remember his name. I'm, I don't know why I'm drawing. I know his name very well, but I've drawn a blank, but those yeah. two, but again, different receivers. So it is a rarity when you have two very good receivers that are very similar in the style of, of, you know, receiver they play. And, and so that's the challenge I think for McVeigh, but I think that's a fun challenge when you're able to kind of run concepts that are similar in nature, but the way you disguise them or the way you actually have the breaking point and get guys open. Who is it? I know you pulled it up, right? Yeah. It's not Goodwin, is it? No. Yes. Good one. Godwin. 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 Yeah. Chris Godwin. Thank you. Penn state second round pick. Um, but so yeah, I mean that it's 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 a good point because it's not a lot of people think about that is how many dual receivers that are very similar actually get utilized production level wise at a high clip. Yeah, usually there's the the, the number one, and then there's a guy that also is good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's but the, uh, probably the closest this year, and he hasn't been healthy long enough to we've seen it at a higher scale. But Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison over in Minnesota, probably the most similar in skill set, body type, mm. route running ability, offensive style being, you know, obviously this is kind of the Rams offense that Kevin O'Connell running is in Minnesota. So we've yeah. seen it work there. Granted, Justin Jefferson's now has been hurt for, for a little while. Um, and since he's been hurt, Jordan Addison has taken on that bigger, taken on that Puka Nakua role and kind of shown out. Like now the two rookie of the year candidates are Puka Nakua and Jordan Addison in, in a sense. No kidding. Yeah, Jordan Addison's been blowing up. So yeah. um, it is hard when you have the same guy to have that same level of production, but there's a way to do it. And obviously Cooper Cup's your number one, but how do you keep Puka Nakua involved to an extent that A, makes things easier on Cooper Cup, but B, still has production level high with Puka Nakua. I feel like I just threw out a ton of, Blah, out there, <laughs> Jake Bobo also having a good season up there in uh, in Seattle. There you go, uh, LA products, baby. LA products is blown up. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can leave that at that. So let's defense quickly, and then we'll give score predictions. So, same question: Who's someone on defense? Not name Aaron Donald. Well, let me ask you this first. We have a little bit of time. We're done with radio already. So, um, is it time to pull the plug? on the Darion Kendrick experience. 
You know, I think about this a lot because I like I like how he plays the game. Um, just from an attitude standpoint, I think he fills this hole that is was left when Jalen Ramsey left, who's just this uber competitor. Yeah, he's an alpha. Yeah, and expects a lot from himself. Obviously, he's had issues on the field, off the field as well. Um, you know. And people keep saying, like, when are we going to see Trey Tomlinson? When are we going to see Duke Shelley? Mm-hmm. And my, my only response to that is is the coaches see those guys yeah. in practice week in and week out. And there's a reason that Darian Kendrick, Kendrick can, continues to get the starting starting reps. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm interested to see if they're going to keep him in there. And I, I'm guessing they will. I, I'm guessing they will. I'm guessing that there's a reason that Trey Tomlinson hasn't been in there. Duke Shelley hasn't been in there as well um, mm-hmm. as a starter. Um, and, you know, coaches have been wrong. You know, they've played the wrong guys for too long. Um, but, uh, you know, it it goes to show you that 2024, 2025, you know, they need an outside corner. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think Kobe Durant has done a fantastic job kind of in that star and that slot role. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is it just makes it glaring that they're going to have to go out and get somebody. And they're going to have to replace Keller Witherspoon as well because I think he's on a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, work to be done back there. Um, and I, I don't think he's the long-term answer, but I think he is the 2023 answer. Yeah. That they're just going to let be what it, 2023 is going to be. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it seems like that's, you know, this is what – fans should expect is going to be the the course and what i what i want to see from the staff because i agree you know there's a reason why someone starting someone isn't not saying that's necessarily the the correct reason but we've seen it a lot where i'm not just saying with rams fans but where fans are pining for a guy pining for a guy and then they never see him and then you know he has one solid performance or one solid game it's like see we knew it right and then it it goes downhill they get released and it happens all the time and like we're not there at practice every day we're not in the meeting rooms there's there's obviously stuff intellectually i'm not saying these guys aren't smart but there's stuff that in concepts you have to be able to learn and film and maybe that's not taking hold yet with some of the younger guys like i don't know but there's a reason for kendrick playing now it hasn't looked good on the field necessarily all the time there's been moments there's been flashes um, but I think what I challenge, and it sounds funny me saying I challenge, but what I would like to see from the staff is it's clear that offenses know, okay, Keller Witherspoon is playing at a high clip. Kobe Durant's playing very well. We're just going to target whoever's going against Darion Kendrick. So what can Raheem Morris and the defensive staff and Aubrey Pleasant do to almost in a way protect Kendrick, whether that's, you know, having, you know, more zone to that side, whether that's what they do in switches, whether that's having a safety over the top, whatever it may be, you can get creative to where you you give more support in a way and kind of put Witherspoon on an island over there, which, you know, he's been doing very well. So that's, it doesn't seem like they're going to make a personnel change at that spot. We'll see if anything changes after the bye. Uh, maybe that, that bye week gives them more time to maybe get Tomlinson more reps, Shelly more reps or whatever, but it seems like for the foreseeable future, um, it's going to be Kendrick and how they kind of protect him almost from himself will be interesting to see. And we've talked about this coaching staff extensively, especially what they bring from just a, a defensive back perspective. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Raheem Morris, who knows the position very well, coached the position for a long time. Uh, Jimmy Lake, uh, that's yep. where he cut his teeth. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant, one of the best out there. Yep. If they're not, if they can't assess the talent properly, if these guys can't do it, I don't mm. know who in the league is, is exactly. doing a better job than them. So I think that Kendrick is the best option there. Um, and, you know, we'll, uh, you know, 2024, I think, you know, 
I keep thinking about the the, mm-hmm. the draft, 2024 draft. Uh, you know, who who are they taking with that first rounder? Mm. You know, cornerback. There's some good cornerbacks out there. Yep. Kool Aid, great nickname. Maybe mm. the best in sauce. That's yeah. <laughs> Nicknamed anyway. I don't watch a ton of college football. I'll admit that uh, readily. But uh, yeah, I think um, you know that that that's 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 where I'm looking now. Is you know what's what's uh, free agency going to look like next year? And what's the draft going to look like in term, especially in the in the secondary because they've got some holes to fill. Yeah, you know, are they going to extend Jordan Fuller? Um, you know, is Akella Witherspoon an answer that they'll they'll add back onto the team? You know. Lots of question marks, and it's always it's that's always been the case uh, for this defense. Is there's just lots of youth and inexperience, and we've we've been saying it all along. And um, but yeah, I think you know in terms of other defenders that we're looking at, um, you know, also on the uh, uh, injury report, Ernest Jones mm. uh, did not practice out with a knee injury. You look at what happened to Christian Roseboom last week. You know, he was in on some of those uh, really bad plays and missed tackles from him. So if if you're thinking that uh, uh, you know Ernest Jones is out, you know it just kind of it shows you just how thin this defense is, and they need they need Ernest Jones to play, especially you know what I was saying before about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon kind of being the core of Green Bay's offense and um, really the only threat that they have. You need the you need that guy in there. So you know you need a, a big Ernest Jones game Jones game or just you know hope that Christian Roseboom is you know finding the right spots yeah i mean i i won't even throw another name out there cuz that was mine and we mentioned him earlier is is Ernest Jones needs to have a big game and, and run support and obviously spying Jordan Love making sure he's not able to escape the pocket and, and extend plays with his legs cuz that's those are always the backbreaking plays uh, when you're having a good defensive stand and it's third and long and then the quarterback escapes and gets a first down with his legs. So um, big game for Onus Jones. I'll be curious to see if we see Oshawn Mathis a little more in this one as he's kind of getting his legs back and, and getting more involved in, in the defensive play calling and, and scheme. So um, interesting to see what kind of he looks like. But yeah, big Ernest Jones game. Got to have, what do you think? Over, under 12 tackles. I would say over. Over. Yeah. Well, and, it, you know, it goes back to is LaFleur going to commit to the run? Is he going to run 30 times? <laughs> yeah. If, uh, you know, this McVay coaching tree is just so frustrating with that running game. And he's got <laughs> he's got a great running back and, and you know, he's got a nice one-two punch there. So I think over if if, uh, if he wants his running backs to win this game for him, which I think they're completely capable of doing. Yeah, 100%. So, all right. Let's give our score predictions then. Who we got in this one? The two and five Packers, the three or two and five or two and six? Two, two, and, five. two and five Packers, three and five Rams in Green Bay, Lambeau Stadium, the Mecca of football. Who La- you taking? Last time the the Rams won there, they were St. Louis Rams, two thousand six. Nice last time. Nice stat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. It Almost twenty been. years. Yeah. That's crazy. Um anyway, um, so I'm I'm picking a Rams win. I think that they're going to pull it out. Um, defense is going to uh, be that backstop that they have been. Uh, Jordan Love is not Dak Prescott. Um, CD Lamb is not on the field this week. Thank, thank goodness. Um, so I'm, but I think a low, low scoring game. I'm going to say it's going to be a 20 to 16 uh, Rams win. Nice. Yeah. I feel like I've picked the Rams almost every week, so I, I, I'm coming off as a big homer, uh, unfortunately. But um, this is one I do think the Rams, regardless of who's quarterback, I just I don't think Green Bay's a very good football team. 
Um, the fact that it's in Green Bay, but the weather as of now, as of Thursday, is formidable weather. It's not, you know, a snowstorm or anything yeah. like that. Um, and I just think the, the Rams are, are kind of back in the corner. And this is a stretch now. They got through a, a murderer's row opening of the schedule. You get the Packers, you get a bye, and I think you get the Cardinals right after the bye. So this is a stretch where they really need to kind of make a run. They're only a game out of the playoff contention, as we talked about last last plays. So every game means something. I'm not saying that all of a sudden like it means more. Um, but it does mean more because now if you if you lose this one against a not a very good opponent, then it's like okay, now we're in now we're in the rebuild and we're we're going into the offseason just for planning for twenty five or twenty four, excuse me. So I will go Rams. I think it's a low scoring game as well. Um, I'll go seventeen ten. Rams win by seven. So it's uh, Seahawks coming out of the bye. Seahawks home, after the bye, the, the, and then the then Cardinals, the Cardinals yeah. and the Cardinals. Yeah, so. you know we're we're kind of at the midpoint. You know, you were looking at a nine-win team. You know, I said the floor of this team was six wins. They're already halfway there. You know, and there's some still some winnable games on the schedule. The Commanders are now a much less formidable team because yeah. they're they're in full took, rebuild. It's full rebuild. You know, Giant Giants and Saints winnable games. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, Still in the conversation for nine wins, even I think heading into the back half of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm calling it now. They go to that week seven, week eighteen matchup against the Niners, eight and eight. So then it's it's you know, we'll see. We said it on the last show, so we'll see if that happens. But that's all the time we got for Skinny T. I'm Ryan Dyer. Thanks all for hanging out with us. Uh, show also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Make sure to check out BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code Believe. Tell them the guys over here at the LA Football Network sent you. But everyone, have a great weekend. Go Rams. Hopefully it's a fun one. Uh, I still got a lot of football left to play, and this is still an opportunity for this team to make a run and make the playoffs. So thanks to everyone. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button button if you're watching on the Rams LAFB YouTube channel. We do have a giveaway going on right now. I forgot to mention. should have mentioned it earlier. If you go to the Rams LAFB Twitter account, we're giving away an Aaron Donald jersey. All you got to do is... Um, Follow us and then uh, subscribe to the Rams LAFB YouTube channel. So very easy. We'll give away that Aaron Donald jersey during the bye week. But thanks all. Be well. Be blessed. We'll talk to you all soon.